Welcome to Ozzy. My name is Daisy. I'm your host. If you're listening for the first time, welcome to the family. If you're listening again, welcome back to the family. <laughs>、um, so good to be here again. Always is, really. Always a vibe.、Uh, I just want to apologize. I know this week is, I mean, this episode is coming out three weeks later. Before you kill me, I have had a cold for the last three months. And <laughs> three months. God forbid, for the last three weeks. And it was so bad, I actually couldn't speak into the microphone. I was coughing, you'd think I have TB. And it was just horrible, really. So I couldn't get into recording. And that is why it's coming out this late. Also, <laughs> so please take that apology with all the sincerity you can hold it with. What? I don't even know what I just said. Anyway, welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> This week is also gonna be short and sweet. It's just gonna be me. And it's gonna be me for a while before, as we, as we keep talking to interesting people and trying to figure out what the intention for the next season is, series, I mean, that、uh, we're currently working on. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, my friends. I、uh, wanna say thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show as well, all you listeners, the new ones, the ones recommending friends. I appreciate that. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, iTunes and anywhere else you get podcasts. Acast. If, if you go to a place where they host podcasts and you don't find us, just let me know and I'll hook it up. I'll make sure it happens. So I got you covered. I really got you. Now, this week,、uh, since it's been three weeks, a lot of things happened in the three weeks that I, I'll just touch on. I know I promised to do a show、uh, on if Bill Street could talk, but First of all, yo, if you listen to the previous episode, you heard me shout out Regina King. I hadn't even watched the show yet, like, I mean, the film yet, but I knew she was amazing. She deserved that Oscar. And then after watching it, I was like, God, this woman. It was brilliant, honestly. So go watch it if you haven't. And then we will do、um, a group conversation about it. That's why I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it here. I know I said I would. Um, but I thought it would be better to hear different perspectives because it was such a big film. And by big, I mean in terms of themes and representation. Yo, such a brilliant film. And James Baldwin, my love, always. But yeah, and if you've read the book too, hit me up. I want to talk about the book. There's honestly, the book and the film are very, very similar, which is one of the things that I thought was done pretty smartly by Barry Jenkins in terms of direction. Um, yeah, so if Bill Street Could Talk is gonna be an episode by itself with other people that I'm gonna have here. In, yeah, in terms of the other, the other things I've been doing in these three weeks, you guys, I watched us on Thursday. <laughs> Listen, if you haven't watched the film, go watch it. Us, it's just, you know, when you, I watched a film, and then at the end, I was like, what just happened? Like, I've seen a lot of things happening,、I've, a lot of references, you know the references. You, some people got the hook of the film initially. I didn't until, like, okay, if you haven't watched Us, just go, I don't want to spoil it. But the twist, I guess I should call it, some people realized the twist early on in the film. I didn't until towards the end. But once I realized it, I wasn't surprised. It was kind of like, yeah, I kind of saw this happening, like, when she made this face and did this and did that. But it was so much fun watching it in a film of.、Um, with, uh, with, there was a lot of black people in there, <laughs> which was amazing. Always is. But it was, such a, it was a mixed crowd, which was great. But the whole theater was reacting at the same time. 
which I always find hilarious. I watched Black Panther in in a mix in a in a big screening as well. That was that one was like ninety nine percent black. In fact, if you weren't black, you probably like misplaced. Besides the point. Um. Yeah, it was just hilarious. Like when it wasn't even scary. It was just it was more of a thriller, but definitely nothing like Get Out. Totally different films. But the whole film. I mean, the whole theater would react like it wasn't even screams. It was more like oh 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 my god oh. <gasps> Imagine a whole theater. Not everyone, but you know what I mean by a whole theater. It was it was fun. That's what I'm saying. It was great. Watch a film. I'm trying really hard not to spoil it for people, but. It's made a lot of money, and yes, Lupita and the whole cast. You like these people had to had to act two characters who are in the same space at the same time. I'm pretty sure that takes a lot of time in terms of mastering two different characters and a lot of expertise. These people were really good actors. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, watch a film. Watch a film. I also watched Rafiki for the second time. Yes. Okay, so if you don't know what Rafiki is, it's a film. A short film by Wanuri Kahio, who's a Kenyan director, who, by the way, is doing a lot of brilliant things, and this film has played a huge role in putting it, put, put, putting her, jeez, jeez, English, English, putting her um, on different platforms internationally, and this film is very important to the LGBTQI community of Kenya because it has really helped in terms of putting pressure on the government to change. The constitution, which you can imagine what it's like living in a society that doesn't accept you because of their ignorance, and a constitution to back that up. So, um, actually, only a week ago, uh, was a National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission made legal in Kenya. It existed, but it was illegal this whole time. So that's just to shed a light on how how big of an issue it is in Kenya for for this law to change and how unsafe it's been for people within the LGBTQI community. So we need things to change. And the hearing for Repeal 162, because that's the section of the Constitution, um, it's going to be in May. So they postponed it from March to May. We'll wait till May and hear what's up. But it looks things are looking up, at least by the commission being made legal. But yeah, Rafiki is a film about Ziki and Kana and they fall in love and it's the society they're living in finds it's 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 hard for them to express their love and be who they are and they're forced to choose between love and safety, which shouldn't be the case for anyone. Such a great film, yo. Like well represented. All the characters in this film were so real. Like I could actually see people within those characters, which is great. And when we talk about representation, at least when I a lot of us do it's this is what we mean like we need to tell our own stories so we're able to show you the real representation and not just stereotypes because we're not just stereotypes in fact most of the times we are not the stereotype and then we're forced to live into it but conversation for another day well represented um even the neighborhood they chose i think was really smart also part of it was my hood i could see some parts i'm like mm, okay i know that spot i know that spot another spot not all of them but most of them really well music everything about Rafiki is just amazing look up um the dates for Rafiki on their social pages and Nairobi there's a screening next month in May in I think Kisumu Mombasa in Nairobi have a look I'm not sure but I know there's I know there's screenings two two of them that are coming up this film was banned in Nairobi in Kenya so it, it, it screened once last year and then it's screening again. So these, these are these are small steps, but 
they're helping to, they're helping the country to get there eventually and i really hope for the best we'll talk about section 162 later maybe once we get a hearing i don't know we'll see we'll see what's up but that's something else that i watched that was pretty amazing catch it in a film festival around you it's going it's around the world in so many festivals so have a look also i want to say a massive shout out to uh my homie kaluoji who was the writer of blackwood film it's a short film that um i did the sound design for but man that was such a lit family to work with and the story behind blackwood is just amazing congratulations to you and mimo who was a producer and they got accepted to atlanta uh, film festival and they're in L- they're there right now i i reckon <laughs> and yeah it's just amazing also other films that i've worked on that i've been picked for festivals just seeing people you know it, it's really great seeing your people work on something and how much effort they've put into something and that being recognized for for what it is and i guess getting the opportunities and the spaces that they deserve which it, it's just it's amazing it's amazing i'm here for my people i want you to win and i'm here to see you win so yeah congrats y'all now this week uh this is gonna be short and sweet as well i know i said that last time but i reckon 20 20 30 minutes is short for podcasts or enough i don't know you guys let me know but in comparison to other episodes yeah this one's gonna be short i want to talk about joy in different aspects and maybe aspects of love. I don't know. We'll see. It's probably going to move on to other things. You know me. I go everywhere. I talk about everything. <laughs> I was fasting for a couple of days. A couple of weeks, actually. Just sunrise to sunset. And within fasting, I had my own reasons for fasting. But after this fast, on the very last day, I was so happy. Like, I can't even describe this happiness. But I, I just felt really happy. And I was laughing. I was... I was filled with so much joy and I was in the house by myself with a dog and I was playing with a dog. I just wanted to share this joy with other people and I genuinely could not describe this joy till now. I know it's hard telling you about it without being able to describe it. And it came from the heart, like it was just a good feeling. It was peaceful, it was it was filled with so much love for other people and i think i i might i don't think i even hmm i tried to call people i just didn't anyway the next day i went to work and i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna radiate this energy you know just share it with other people and i did i was really happy and i was telling i was telling my workmates like yo i just feel so happy i don't know what happened last night but i was filled with so much joy i just want to share it with other people good vibes you know and sometimes in a working environment, it's really easy to seep into negativity, especially if one person does something wrong, which segues into something else. Anyway, and then I had a, a situation with this one lady who made the wrong order for two different things, but she made this order for other people. So when, I, when, when the other people received it, they were upset. Not necessarily upset. They're like, oh, I think this is wrong. But when you know, like the both of us, me and this lady who did the order, we knew what was going on we both knew that she was wrong but she was making me look bad in front of these other people so the first time i was like okay cool i'll give the right thing the second time i was like nah listen your friend over here ordered the wrong thing she just told me to take this out i took whatever whatever she asked for out this is this is what she asked for and the person she ordered for was like uh that's not what i wanted eventually gave her what she wanted but that situation made me so upset. Remember, at the beginning of the day, I was like, woof, good energy, good vibes, press it along, you know, here, you want love, here you go, you want joy, here you go. 
and I was really upset for like 30 minutes and it, it just really annoyed me that this lady knew what was up and I could see that she knew what's up but she decided not to take responsibility for her actions and I bear that cross for the sake of what here's honesty you can take it or not take it and she chose not to I was upset afterwards but in the moment I was just so confused I'm like you're really gonna sit there and act like this wasn't your mistake right anyway I went back I was upset for like 30 minutes I was I was not necessarily venting I was just really trying to understand I was like damn what made her just not I don't know what what is it what is it about it that made this lady just not own up to what she did and she came back later and she spoke to me really nicely and that even made me wonder like what what is what is up with you like you lied two seconds ago we both know you lied and you're gonna come back and act like nothing happened like you did not do anything the least you could do is even apologize in 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 chamber like hey listen i know what happened there i'm sorry I don't know like maybe that would I don't know if that would have made it better anyway but I had to also see with I, I had to deal with my anger and that that's what happened in that 30 minutes and I just had to tell myself that she's not worth of that power I, ca- I can't give that much power to this person to ruin the rest of my day I had a great day until this point and this small thing really really small thing of this person that I may not even see again I cannot give her that much power over my life for something like that. I had to forgive her within me and then the rest is for her to deal with and just let it go. And that's what I did. I just let it go. I forgave her, let it go. And I was like, you know what? God bless you. And not with any sarcasm in it. I was just like, seriously, God bless you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's happening here, but go with God. I'm done. And it was relieving. Once I, once I let it go, I felt so good. And I'm not saying that we should let go of things just like that. I'm saying we need to acknowledge our emotions. At that point, I was angry and I needed to acknowledge that anger and deal with that anger. And I did that by also thinking about this made me feel bad. Why did this make me feel bad? I could tell that she's aware of what she's doing. And once it was, I could tell she's aware that she's wrong. That was enough for me because at least you know you're wrong now that's for you to deal with and figure out how to deal with that but yeah i let it go but i had to deal with that anger and it was just not worth it like (laughs) i couldn't compromise that and went back to being happy for the rest of the day and i radiated good energy to other people because what happens is when we hold on to these emotions it transfers from that situation to other people and it affects how we relate with other people which isn't cool because these other people didn't do nothing to you and the least you can do is deal with it so it doesn't affect other people negatively. So yeah, I'm actively trying to live in the moment as well because um, this is a segue to something else, not related. I was listening to a podcast and this man was saying, it was a conversation, I can't remember who he was, but he was being asked about death, right? Like if he's afraid of death and he said, no, I'm not afraid of death because I've, I've learned how to live life fully. And he was talking about how a lot of times we forget to live in the present because we're so busy planning for the future. Now, it sounds super basic, but it's very true. Because when you're planning for the future, right, you get to the future and then you keep planning for the future. So you never stop to live in the present because you're constantly planning for what's going to happen afterwards. So you don't get to enjoy what you have within that moment and within that timeline before whatever your future is happens in the future. And... I used to do that a lot, (laughs) a lot. And 
slowly in in different ways i realize that man i'm thinking life too much sometimes you plan for things they don't happen the way you want them to happen and sometimes they take longer but they still happen but i forgot i forgot what was there in the moment and even when i did i was not present that's the other thing like it's one thing to to participate and it's another to be present sometimes i really wasn't present within spaces with friends with family and whatever setting i was in and it takes a conscious effort to acknowledge that we are not doing these things and to practice how to do these things and some things that you have to do actively it's part of my mindfulness and just learning how to be present in the surroundings that you're in even in small things like being in the park or in the gardens or by the pond with the trees around you with the birds around you with the animals with people hearing him say that the way he did it it made me reflect and i've i've noticed that i've i've been better at living in the present at some point i actually i think it was was last year 2018 yeah it, i think it was early 2018 or maybe towards the end of 2017 I can't remember one of them i actively said that i'm not even going to keep planning for these things i'm just going to go with the flow and going with the flow for me was we'll just see how it pans out like i'm going to do my best and then hopefully that best is going to push me to whatever it's going to push me to because i thought i was doing so much but getting very little out of it i've spoken about purpose and intention here before a lot of it was because those two things were not clear to me so i was just working towards whatever i was working at not knowing what i want out of it but once my purpose and intention was clear then i was able to be more present and also do things with a lot of intention and Satis- let me tell you satisfaction comes from the smallest things when those things are, are, are clear i think you should apply that in different ways in your life but try let's try and live in the in the moment be present even like i said within conversations within spaces with our friends with our family within nature as well I've, i think i've said this here before but nature will always continue to endure because it's vulnerable with one another like the symbiosis of animals with the trees with the birds with the water with all these things within nature and how they coexist with one another is just beautiful and i'm sure you've seen cases where like animals protect each other but it's like a lion and the other day i saw like an article about a lion that ate two hunters in i think it was south africa i'm not sure where and i was like damn this is a lion that's protecting the other animals because it's aware of what's happening with its surroundings you know and as human beings we just like we really like distracting other people's things and lives and also other spaces like nature and animals like cutting down trees you know small things like this we just we like ruining things stop just stop anyway but also last week i hang out with these three amazing kids oh my god ah, such wow it was just a, it was a beautiful experience it was a very humbling experience it was also pretty random too but just observing these three boys it it just showed me how they have so much love for the for the things around them and the people around them and the way and as adult adults we just take it for granted how much we influence the lives of kids when they're growing up until the point where they're able to think for themselves and also understand why they're doing what they're doing 
um the oldest of these kids was seven so seven four and two yeah seven four and two and just hang out with them and small things that excite them yo like <laughs> this kid he's like is this grass dead <laughs> For some reason, he was really interested in grass. But I noticed with these kids particularly, they were very interested in nature. And the youngest kid would always see a bird. Like, he'd always spot a bird from anywhere. And we went to, like, a pond later. Um, I was with a friend of mine. And we were throwing rocks into into the water. But there was this ducks passing. And he said to them, he's like, oh, no, don't throw the rocks because it will disturb the ducks. Like, wait for the ducks to go and then we can throw the rocks. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. But why? And it's like, oh, it's a space, you know, like, just respect the space. It was so beautiful how they took that. And every time a duck would pass by, they just stopped. And that was so beautiful for me to see that they understood the significance and the beauty and the importance of respecting other beings that are present within our world that may not necessarily be human. That taught me a lot, even it made me reflect a lot. That was just one part of um, of that day or that afternoon that I spent with them. I, I was there for like, I think we hang out for like two hours, just two. But I learned so much within those two hours and I reflected a lot that evening. But yeah, I want you guys to just think about that scenario and how the things we do and how they affect the beings around us that may not necessarily be human small things like that or even bigger things that lead to global warming like not littering that's sim- that is so easy not to litter so easy so easy but the effect of littering is so much bigger than us that we don't know how to deal with it today we actually i'm lying we do know how to deal with it we just choose not to actively practice and we need to be aware of how these things are affecting not just the people around us not just the being around us but the entire world like we have cyclones happening in southern africa people are dying dying for climate change that they did not even participate in. Like, this is a Western world and the things that happen there that are affecting people in Africa. <sighs> I know we've suffered so much. There's drought in Kenya. This is the effect of... Okay, dr- drought is the effect of climate change, but also the situation then, how it's being dealt with, is a result of classism, corruption, and just greed. Greed. And it bothers me so much that every time this drought, like these people who <laughs> Turkana, which is a which is an area that uh, is has drought right now in Kenya, has a really big budget of thirty four billion, if I'm not wrong, um, and to find the exact numbers, but a couple of billions that were put in there to actually deal with drought and provide food in term, in, in case of drought. And this money was also put in place to set up infrastructure that would enable the people to practice agriculture to avoid the situation. Now, for some reason, when there's drought, we're calling on the nation to raise money to buy food for these people. And the thing is, Kenyans will give and we always give. Since I was born, I just like... <laughs> It's funny, but since I was born, I've always known of Turkana as a place where there's always drought and people are always raising money to give them food. Always, always. It's always. 
And it hurts me knowing that money is put aside. Where's our money? What was it useful? Stolen. 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 We've become so complacent with mediocrity as a nation that I know not all of you are Kenyan listening, but I'm saying this because this probably applies to whatever situations you're in with whatever country you're in. And especially, and even if it doesn't apply in the country you're in or anything that affects you, it's knowledge that you should hold and call it out for what it is. And honestly, we're living at a time where we have to realize as a people, we have the power. We do. We really do. And the people who, I think I said this last time, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but we have the power and we need to recognize that without power, we can change so much. And of course, we're not going to look at our friends dying and our fellow Kenyans dying. So we will give, we will contribute and we'll find a way to provide for them food for now. But that's only sustainable for a really short time. And the fact that we go on with our lives and we forget about these people until it's drought season and we're like, oh, yeah, Turkana again. Okay, raise money. Cool, cool, cool. I'll send 1,000 shillings. It's not okay. It really isn't. And I could go on about this forever. But it's just really frustrating to have a government that is self-serving. And as a nation, being very complacent again, but and voting on tribal lines, on class lines. Because let me tell you something. Having the same people in power who do not care about you in any way. And what this reminds me of is a situation when it comes to race. And as a black woman, there's no day I'm sitting around thinking, there's no day, no day I will sit around thinking of how to not move from where I am with my people. I have to go with my people. I can't leave them behind, right? And it's not a responsibility that has been given to me, but it's something that I want to do for my people because I recognize how much we've been disenfranchised. So in the same way as a Kenyan, I'm not going to look at my fellow Kenyans dying. I want to progress with them. But to progress with them means like finding ways that's sustainable and using our stages, our platforms to do something. So be aware, be informed. And as we work even as a diaspora, there's, I know there's people working here within Australia to try and figure out ways to change something. And if you think you're capable of doing something to change um, that situation and even in helping people in South, Southern Africa who are going through um, the cyclone, it's really bad. People are dying. People need money. Please contribute. There's a lot of ways to contribute to these people. In West Africa, people are being killed in villages, killed, slaughtered. There's, there's a massacre out there. And it's not religious necessarily. These are innocent people. And we have to put our prejudices aside. And I know this is hard for people who are used to living within prejudice. But honestly, try and think of humanity now as opposed to your place in society and whatever it's giving you. Okay, now the last one is just going to be a short read. This is not even going to take long. If you don't listen to the read, please do. Amazing. I saw this tweet early on today that was shared by someone. Her name is Jazzy Dodson. I mean, this, I think it was a Facebook post. Yeah, it is Facebook. It made me so happy (laughs) because it is very true. Remember when Tim Burton came out and said that black people don't fit in with the aesthetic of his films? Remember when Woody Allen said he would never cast black actor unless he was required? Ridley Scott once said he wouldn't ever be able to get approval to mount a major motion picture or ever receive financing to make a film starring someone named Mohammed so-and-so from such-and-such. 
Y'all want to be mad at Jordan Peele for saying he's not interested in telling white in telling white stories. Sorry, I lost it. Yeah, in telling white stories when your fame has been deliberately, openly excluding black people from participating in their work since the beginning of film history. And y'all haven't said shit. One director saying he's focusing on telling black stories and using black actors isn't oppressive to white people. Mm, 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 mm. When you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. Hey, I'll say that again. When you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. Now, she said it all, really. There's not much I can say to add on to that. I'm just going to say, like, if you feel threatened by people telling their own stories, you're probably a colonizer in some respect because how, 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 <laughs> how, how is that even possible? Like, it just, I think for me, it's, and I know for a lot of people around me, it's just fascinating that when we decide to do what we can do and get the spaces to show this stuff and people react like this, it's fun. It, I think the reaction is more like, oh, crap, we didn't think you were actually going to do this. You're actually going to make it because you already know and you're already aware that you're participating in structures that have been put to block us from getting whatever you we want to get. And so when we get there without you, you feel like we need you. No, we don't. It's 2019, y'all. We are woke. We are awake. <laughs> like, we are not playing. We're doing things our way and for us. No pun intended. So that tweet is everything. There's not much to add on to it. And I think working with with community and just knowing what's up. And if first of all, if you consider yourself an ally, hmm, hmm, think of what you're doing to change things around you. And as I close, wow, as I close, this feels like it was a talk and now I'm finishing. <laughs> hey, as I close, I just want to say that... White privilege, this statement, I'm going to read this last part again. Yo, it was just so powerful. When she said, Why, when, you're, when you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. The jabbering tree that is being cut down for people to save three minutes. Three minutes on the train. Three, three minutes. And if you use a train, you know, like, three minutes is not much. Three minutes is literally one stop. And the way train lines are built here... One stop from the other is not too far away. But three minutes. You've existed in this in this city, in this land for so long without that three minutes that you're trying to save. But you're trying to erase something that holds so much significance for the very people that you have colonized and continue colonizing in different ways that they cannot live in their own land. Think twice. Not even twice. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. We're beyond thinking. You just need to stop. Stop, stop, stop. It's not right. It's not right. That tree holds a lot of significance. Culturally. Spiritually. And its existence for its people. Its people. Their ancestors were there. And, you know, I understand that um, a lot of you, just because things don't mean anything to you particularly white people you think it's not important i don't know what your culture is if it's foodie and i don't know barbecues but some people do have culture and indigenous people of this land who you've kicked out 
and the few remaining you're still trying to kick out somehow like if you're an ally this is your opportunity to say something and do something there's a fundraiser that's happening on wednesday the what date is wednesday the third of april may of april sorry i had to think about that of april and there's a lot of um places you can go to fundraise to help save this tree because it's not just a tree it's more than a tree and i know a lot of you wife folks are thinking of it as just a tree and i'm saying white people because that's the structure that's helping to demolish this tree and if you live in australia if you know anything about the history of this country you understand why i'm calling out white people because <laughs> the rest of us are pretty much I- immigrants and also as settlers the rest of us we need to support indigenous people of this land because if it weren't for them and everything that they've been through and everything that they've done and them being welcoming to us we wouldn't be here because we we know that because the very white people are trying to kick them out of their own land and we're not even in our own lands and they welcomed us into this land so do something say something act there is a facebook page that goes by Japurung Heritage Protection Embassy. You can find that on Facebook and they have a lot of details as to what they're doing and how you can help. There's a Google Doc that's been put there that has all the different ways that you could help. They're pretty active. They've done a lot and also a lot of people went there on the day that they were supposed to um to to demolish the tree, to cut down the tree and those protests is what is um uh, the protests that happen on those days is what has allowed us to even have this time to talk about this here. So, yeah, do something. Do something and change something. Uh yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that and I'll catch you all next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was actually short and sweet. <laughs> And it was short. I'm not sure about the sweet part, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient. And I'll catch you all next time. Bye.